0: Welcome back everyone to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have somebody from Canada in the house. So excited to have our Northern brother with us. But what's really cool is this guy started when he was 20 years old. His very first deal made 40K on profits and that started spinning the wheels just in the last few years. He's been flipping since... I think what it was 1997, you got started. And then the last few years really been getting into more development and had a eight unit or eight buildings that were 33 units each. So 264 units in total over in Nevada that you're doing short term rentals, as well as uh, you just did back in 2020, you just did a during COVID, by the way, you did a ground up construction 68 unit uh, development, so can't wait to just pull all these pieces apart. But Corey, what is happening today, my friend? How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's warming up here in Canada, so it uh, it's, it's nice. So.
0: It's warm today. That's surprising, man. It's still it's cold down here, still surprisingly. <laughs> So you got started in 97. Anybody out there that doesn't know your story, who you are, where you're from, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view? And by the way, you and I met about a month or so ago when we were over in New New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. Uh, I was speaking at the storage syndicate, talking on credit, and we were all just getting super inspired with what's going on with storage units. And you and I were bumping knuckles right next to each other. And I was so impressed with what you had going on. So, anybody that doesn't know who you are, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view? Yes, for sure.
1: So, I, yeah, like I said, I started when I was 20 years old. I built my first house. And a couple years later, I sold it and then made a, a good profit, $40,000. Yeah. So I thought, wow. You know, this is, this is really good money on the side of what my regular job was. And so I built another, sold that, built another house. And then, within six, I I was probably a year. I lived in the next one and then sold that one. And I think I did that about 12 times. Some of those were were bought, renovated and sold, but I lived in every one. So I didn't have to pay the capital gains.
0: Nice. And And what what were you doing for work at the time?
1: So I was a construction car slash carpenter. So I worked for a home building company till I was 24. And then I started my own business at 24 and I've been on my own ever since. So it's been a long time and ups and downs, but overall, glad I've done it. So,
0: yeah. So you, you were doing the, you know, basically jump into a property, live there, remodel it and and flip it in a year or so. You did that a dozen times. When did you start transitioning and were you playing around with any other types of strategies in real estate um, until you finally switch over to, you know, development? So 2009-
1: No, sorry. 2010, I built the duplex on the side of what I lived in. And that was my first one that I I sold one side. There were two separate titles and I kept one side. And that was my first experience with keeping a property and being a landlord. And then during that time, I also bought some agricultural land and commercial land. And then I actually just sold those and just doubled my money on either one of those. Oh, 2011, I moved from, so this was all happening in Saskatchewan, Saskatoon area. I okay. moved to Edmonton, Alberta in 2011, and I bought 40 acres and then I subdivided that. And then, yeah, made a bunch of money on that as well. So,
0: or how many subdivisions were you able to make?
1: It was only a couple of different parcels, but so okay. I kept the house in five acres and then okay. I sold the rest of the, the, the development to one guy. So he, okay. he just, yeah, it was simple and, it took me I, about a year to subdivide, but it was, yeah, it was clean that way. He took care of it
0: from there. So, what what was the process on that? And has he started building anything on it? Yeah, he's
1: done, he's actually kept it. Um, He lives in Edmonton. So he's kept it just for recreational land. Um, okay. He comes and does his own thing on there. But the process was to, the, you know, the surveying and the county actually took, I think, total about 12 acres of reserve land where you couldn't build or you couldn't do anything on, those kind of low-lying areas. So what I sold him, I think it ended up being somewhere around 23, 24 acres um, that he could develop in the future. So
0: nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're just able to double the money in a few years. Now, what else have you done since then? So after that, once I moved to Edmonton, like we expanded.
1: So back in Saskatoon, we started a commercial concrete and metal building business. So me and my brother were partners in that. We expanded to Alberta. Just a lot more opportunity in Edmonton area. That's why the reason why we moved up in 2011, and then we mm-hmm. just kept growing. And then on the side of that, I partnered with a, another big developer, and we did some commercial industrial condo base. There were three buildings, about six bays each, and they were the tilt-up concrete in industrial areas. So that was around 2014, 2015. 2015 is when the oil prices really crashed, so nothing was selling at that time. So we've actually held on to those for quite a while. And just just the last couple of years is when we recently just sold the rest of the units. So that was kind of a, we only did the three buildings and that was it. Um, We didn't expand further than that. And then during that time, I also bought some single family homes, added the basement suites in Sherwood park, Edmonton, doing some smaller stuff. And then in two thousand. 18, 2019 is when I started to get into the bigger, looking into the bigger developments. And that's when the end of 2019 is when I started that 68 unit development
0: in downtown Edmonton. And talk to me behind that. Like why really, you know, going back to when you first started, why real estate in general? Did you have any friends, family members that were doing it? Why at 20 years old, like made you think to buy a property? And did you know that you were doing it for cash flow and you're going to make some money on it? Or you're just like, I just want to get this property.
1: So my parents didn't do it, friends and family didn't do it. But I did know some of my dad's friends were builders and selling. And I seen the, you know, that they could make a business out of it and the money that they would talk about making. So that's kind of what intrigued me of, oh, maybe there is something to this. And looking back, I wish I would have kept instead of just building and selling, building and selling, I wish I would have kept all those properties. The appreciation and, and the mortgage pay down would have been amazing. But it wasn't until probably mid like 2016 is 17 where I really started keeping everything and holding on to what I have. So because even in 2000, when I did that duplex, I sold one side and then I kept one side. When I moved to Edmonton, I sold everything. And I wish you it yeah, I yeah. Wish it would have done that. Yeah.
0: I hear that all the time and I find so many people like kick themselves in the shins of like god I wish I would have hung on to some of these properties but at the same time you know getting that capital you were able to go on to the next project and kind of level up in different ways so there's pros and cons to it but I totally resonate with if you can hang on if you can make it a way that you can hang on to these properties, the pay down over time, the appreciation over time, the cash flow in between, the tax advantages, all these things above and beyond will help you in the long run so, so much. You see, now back then there wasn't the podcasts either
1: or the yeah. YouTube videos or the T, te- you know, it was just Just doing this solo. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing it solo and kind of figuring out things on your own. Yep. And now there's a lot of different information, which is so helpful to a lot yes. of people. But back then, it was just like figuring things out on, on my own and what worked. And, and yeah, I'm glad I realized at some point, oh, keeping these is an advantage, you know? And Oh, and yeah. It, and I don't have any regrets. It's just, yeah, sometimes you just look back and think, wow, if I would have kept this.
0: Yeah. The moral of the story here is no regrets, no need to look back. But anybody that's listening here, if you can, hang on to the damn property because it could be very beneficial in the long run, you know? And some do better than the other, perform better than the others. So you
1: sure. can kind of weed out the bad and keep the good kind of thing and, and yep. just keep going that way.
0: It's like the 80-20 rule. You know, it's, it's just part of, the, part of the process. What year again did you decide to transfer over into developing and why? So I've seen the
1: competition was way more in the single family, like in the duplexes, fourplexes. You got your first-time homebuyers, you got, you know, flippers, you got your first-time investors. It's just a lot more competition. And sure. I was looking at, and had an opportunity of partnering with somebody that owned the land and they were looking for, for somebody to build it. And I have a lot of construction experience. So we partnered and that, that's how I was able to step into that, into that multifamily space and, and really get my, yeah, get my feet wet. Cause I did everything right from rezoning the land, doing the demolition permits, working with the city of Edmonton, everything. So yeah, wow. it was a. Big learning curve on a big development like that. So,
0: and how was the process? Like, how what was the time frame with the city? Were they easy to work with, or was it even your first time? Of course, there's going to be learning curves, but overall experience. So, I actually partnered with a really like I'm not partnered, but I hired a really good architect that had good. a
1: lot of experience, and that good. helped a lot tremendously. He me, right, he helped me where I didn't understand things, or and he was very familiar with all the procedures. So, good. That made huge difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I've seen it myself. You know, San Diego in general is so difficult with the ground up construction that we're looking to do right now. It's just ridiculous um, how long they're making us wait and the hoops they make us jump through. However, it's worth the weight in gold when you're hiring on the right team, the right people, and quickly acknowledging who is not helping move the boat forward and trying to cut them off sooner than later. Any learning curves when you were starting to do these ground up construction? Well, just like you said, the hype, the team is so the important. Team. Yeah. yeah. The team is
1: like the key. And when you have that in place, it just, I mean, there's always issues in construction and development, but of it course. just makes things go a lot easier and you can deal with things and, and move forward without getting too stressed out. But,
0: you know, if somebody wants to do this themselves, what can somebody assume for team members on something that size? Well, that's like, to me, my architect was the biggest. He, he was. Yeah. He, he managed was, all the other members, right? Yeah. So he yeah. was involved with the engineers, the, yep. the environmentalists, the. And geotech, everybody. The geotech, yeah.
1: Everything like that. So we were in the meetings together, but he was the key guy. Leading it, so
0: yeah, would... mine's the same exact way, and and I I highly recommend like find that individual that has the experience that is savvy that has the relationships and can build upon everything else. And then besides that, it was like the project manager and the site
1: super. To me, if you have a good site super, like the site superintendent, that got the guy that's leading that every day on site. Is, is that
0: from the city or from like
1: the construction side? come from the construction. Okay, aspect. the supervisor for that. Okay. Because that can make or break your job as well. Because if it goes over schedule, if you're overspending, that can be catastrophic. So if you have a good site super that knows what he's doing, yeah. you can really help that job move forward.
0: Yeah. And you need to know where to put your foot up somebody's ass if they're not doing the job. And and so if you have that person, then they should be overseeing it. You can have the meetings with them to make sure that everybody else is getting the job done. So you know,
1: A lot of people just hire a general contractor, but since I have the construction experience, I just hired my project or use my project manager and a yep. site for the project and it made the most sense. So that's good.
0: I like it. And then how often are you meeting with the site super or the I mean, management team? Week.
1: Like every week. every week, every week. Yeah. It's so important to stay on top of everything. Like we have an hour every week or whatever it is, hour to two hours every week. It's just on top of everything. And it doesn't Yeah, it just stays.
0: How many hours does that save you, right? At the end of the day, it's like just once a week, one hour, knock it out. Some of them can be quicker than that, but going over all problems, all goals for the week, what didn't get done last week, stuff like that. I think it really helps out and gets you guys well on track. And where we need to, yeah, where I need to step in or or push
1: something during COVID with materials, labor prices going up. Luckily, I had a lot of my prices set in before COVID hit. Oh, really? Yeah. They were good, but it it was the time to get material that really, really hurt a lot and was hard to manage around. But because 68 units, you need 68 of everything. And when everything's short, it was a hard figure out but we made it through so it's it's good yeah
0: now being that you need you know one of everything were there certain items that you're getting just extra on just in case so that especially during those times of like hey if something gets broken or some issue i'd rather return it if we have extra versus yeah pretty um, much
1: everything we like cabinets toilets tubs, sinks whatever we could we got more of just in case Happened. yeah
0: yeah that's so smart i love it okay so talk to me what came first the the eight buildings 33 of them each or the the 68 unit development well the 68 unit came up first so then just last During year covid yeah
1: so okay. then 2022 is when i started looking around in the u.s a lot more i've seen some opportunities you know listening to different podcasts and looking for the best return on you know because i have investors that want to invest with me as well. So then you, know, you want the best return and the safest place. So there was just looking at different opportunities in the US and then I found a, a good developer that we had the same morals and, and same values and, and uh, that I could trust. So partnered with them.
0: I love it. Talk to me about how'd you find that guy? How'd you find that construction and how did you vet them out? Because I think that's a big, big, big key component. And most contractors, you know, obviously, this is a developer. They, they start thinking a little bit more like an investor, but a lot of contractors, it's hard to be on the same page as a real estate investor, right? Yeah, it was tough, but it
1: was, but lots of calls with different realtors. And like, so I went down there to meet them. And yeah. then once I met them, we, you know, spent a couple of days, we talked, we toured. Different projects they did. They told, told me after that, I went and um, did references, you know, what kind of person this is and, and, and what was your background, you know, not just don't tell me all your good stories, what trials did you go through and how did you overcome it? And, and they lost a lot in 2009 and they had some investors' money and they're engineers, a couple of them are engineers. And instead of just going back to a corporate job, they stuck with development and paid back the investors out of their out of different projects. So the wow. integrity and the morals and the values really lined up with my beliefs. And that's important, I think is, it's not all about money, it's about building relationships and business. So, yeah. and that, that's what, they had that same value.
0: Yeah. And I think when you're raising money, I think it's so freaking important, incredibly important to realize that some of these people that are investing with you, it's it's the mom and pops that they have 50 or 100K and that's it. And they're giving it all to you. And that's their life savings for their retirement plan in another 10, 15, 20 years. And it's like, and if they don't have that, then what? You know, they're going to have to keep working. It's going to, they're not going to have enough, all these other horrible things. So, I mean, it's everything. They're trusting in, in us as an investor to be able to really take them to the next level. So I think it's so important to be a good steward of those funds and realize the responsibility that's on your shoulders for it. Yeah, I, I treat it better than I would my own mind. Like, because yeah. you don't want to... Rightfully so. You know, it's like, yeah, you
1: want to put it in safe place. A safe yeah. place. And the reason why I chose that development in, that, in the Reno area was because Tesla has their Gigafactory there. Plus, they're putting their semi, our electric semi-truck plant and their battery plant there. And then Google, Microsoft, Blockchain, there's a bunch of other big businesses in the area. It's a, one of the biggest industrial parks in the world. So we're doing the eight buildings, 33 units each of the extended state rental. So that yep. means they have a kitchen in there so they can, they can stay a month, two months, whatever. So a lot of construction, a lot of corporate people will stay in there. And then we have a main facility and... They're also on the same piece of land. They're doing a daycare and a doggy take care. They already have a contract with Tesla having a shuttle okay. going back and forth. So Tesla yes. alone can employ 18,000
0: people. So, Wow, that's yeah. incredible. So talk yeah. to me, how did, how did you find that deal? It, was it on the market? Was it a, a pocket deal? How did, how did you get that?
1: So the developer that I partnered with, they actually owned it since 2016 or 17. Because 17. in Nevada, you can't just start building with a permit you need water rights and it took a number of years to get the water rights in that area so they haven't just been yeah it just didn't happen overnight i just was fortunate to partner with them at the right time when they were so we started our first building yeah Yeah. and it would just happen that they liked me i liked them and we were able to move forward so
0: okay and then your your part in the the process? Like, what did that look like? So I have a couple different funds here in Canada that I raise money
1: for, or like, okay. that they raise money. I am um, funneling money into, into the U S legally. And uh, you see that. Uh, it sounds fishy at first. So it's like legally guys, don't worry. It's all up to code. Project. So I, I don't have my um, investor visa to work there yet. But yep. as soon as I can, that I able to get that, I'm going to be doing some work there myself. But yeah. until then, it's just, it's just bringing in some, in some funds. So
0: Okay, so you're bringing capital into these deals. And is there any other part that you really need to step in to make sure things go out well? Or are you more the bank?
1: The construction management as well. Um, okay. Doing that part. But for now, I'm just doing that from my office here in Canada. Yeah. Yep. Until I can get uh, that E2 visa, then I'll be down there. Cool. As well. And then I'm looking for other opportunities too. I was talking to a guy from Colorado, and they're putting up warehouses for Pepsi, and we might be partnering Pepsi signs a 10-year lease. And as far as I know, Pepsi is one of the people that is doing electric semi trucks, Mm -hmm. and they want warehouses more frequent. So they're building smaller warehouses throughout the US, trying to make things more efficient, doing things a little bit different. And then they're signing a ten-year lease on these buildings, so we might be doing some stuff with them.
0: So. Yeah, cool. I love it. That's super impressive. So you got that opportunity. So are you able to? That's. A, it seems like a lot of units to be able to do all Airbnb with. Is there any regulations or stipulations well, it's,
1: with it's that? Kind of like an extended stay rental. So it's more, more not the short term, like the not not the day to day. Well, it's it's like a hotel. But then it has the kitchen, so you can stay there for a month, and you know, give them a deal. So the plan is to operate it, and then maybe have a bigger hotel chain come and buy us out at some point. You know, five years, four years, five years down the road. Okay.
0: And then for your funds, how many funds do you have? I got two. Two funds, and then as far as those funds, what are you typically looking for as the fund manager to to be able to Find these deals and find opportunities like this. Besides the people, you know, the the return on the investment and the exit strategy. So my role is just to yeah, to find
1: the opportunities. Is that is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. To find yeah op- so
0: like, yeah, what type of exit strategy, like time frame-wise, as well as ROI that you're looking to get back for the fund?
1: So we're looking on the renal one, we're it's right, right around that 12 to 14 percent. Plus, they will have equity in the project. So, if they yep. want just a straight return on their money, it'll be right around projecting to be around projected to be around that 15, 14, 15 percent. Sure. But if they want to go down to 12 percent, we can give them like a 5 percent interest in the project, and then they can partake in the cash flow. And then if we sell, they get a chunk of the money then. So they got a couple of options. And then we also pay the di- monthly dividend. Or a quarterly dividend as well, if they want to, to uh, a 9% yep. uh, dividend on that as well. So, if they want to take, they just feel better if they have a little bit of income coming in.
0: And then I'm sure they get the tax benefits as well, yeah. having the equity. Yeah. Which is huge 18, for
1: many people. Somewhere between 18 and 24 months is usually that we can get their money back with one building. Incredible. Uh, in refinance. And uh, if they want to roll it into the next building, they can or yep. into a different project. Um, once the money's down there, they can, but it, it's it's up to them. Yeah, so,
0: that's awesome. I love it, man. That's so cool. How did you come up with starting a, a fund in the past? I've been looking at it. So like I said, I was looking at the US and then also was looking
1: at, because you can raise money from friends friends and family, but looking to expand and, and do bigger projects and without you know the securities coming after you. So- <laughs> Yeah, we created a couple of different funds, and and it was just made more sense if I wanted to scale and not get into trouble. And
0: yes, so then you can advertise properly. You can do different things. So, yes, that's perfect. I, I do love that. Cool, man. Well, what you know, what does it look like in the future? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And are you with those two projects? Are those totally complete and finished at this point?
1: No, nope, or nope. you- so the sixty-eight units not quite complete yet, and then uh, okay the eight buildings we just started the building the first so we got yeah it's just okay it's just yeah. The beginning yeah yeah good And for, i'm just looking for more opportunities now that i got this money coming in these funds i'm just looking for good opportunities that i can uh, um just keep growing and partner with good developers and good people and i think that's the key and then looking at the us and then possibly like mexico like tulum or there's different parts in, in mexico that i'm kind of interested in so yeah. maybe a short-term rental.
0: Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of friends. We love Tulum. And I was thinking about investing down there. We have several friends that have invested down there though and getting good ROIs. So there's yeah. definitely opportunities. That's cool, man. I, I think that's huge. As far as the fund goes, how have you marketed in the past to be able to raise capital? And how much have you raised in the two funds?
1: It's hard to say because we just started with this actually with this project in Reno. With yeah. So it's it's all very new. So we haven't raised a whole lot yet and yeah. i have partnered with people that are actually doing the raising so i okay. still, i look for the projects they do the raising yeah and it's it's and it's all pretty new so it's not it hasn't i mean i've been investing with friends and family for a few years now yep doing with these funds is 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 all on the new
0: i love it man well i know that's going to blow up for you in the future make a big impact and obviously those families as well, but be able to take down more territory and and do some crazy stuff. So what is the next goal for you besides just constantly looking for these new opportunities? When are these two projects projected to be complete? And 2025 for the eight units. Okay. um, And then this
1: 2023 for the 68 unit, it'll be done and operating. And then it's getting the lease out because we're keeping that building. Yeah. um, And then operating and then do the takeout mortgage. From there, it's just, I, I, I can't ever see myself not working. I just want yeah. to be able to do the things that I want to do. You know what I, yes. like, I enjoy this so much. Yeah. I, I love finding the opportunities and I love the challenges that looking, you know, looking at different opportunities and, and what that all entails. But yeah, yeah. yeah I can't see myself slowing down anytime soon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be, you know, margaritas on, on the beach for too long. You might no. be there for a week, but then after that back to work. So. What else do you like to do for any hobbies or just, you know, hanging out and having fun? Oh, I love the uh, outdoors, anything outdoors, hiking, yeah. surfing, yeah.
1: snowboarding, mountain biking. I've done an Ironman and half Ironman, lots of different, you know, different races, Spartan races and all that kind of stuff. So wow. I just like to be outdoors and active. Yeah. You, you know, there's when you're busy and your mind is, you know, busy into the, into different real estate projects and, and working on in the office on computers and stuff. I just need to get out uh yes. and do stuff. So.
0: You know what's funny? I, I knew that I was a very active person, but what's funny is two days after I saw you last in person, I was down in Mexico at a at a mastermind and we were volunteering at this orphanage uh, doing some work. After that, you know, we were playing with the kids playing soccer, and I broke my ankle in two spots. And being all crippled up for the last like several weeks, I swear I, I really identified with how much. I feel like a crackhead of like God. I need to get all these things done, and I can't do it. I'm so like, you know, it's definitely a a timeout. It's a break for a while. But I'm sorry sure to hear that. Yeah, that's crazy. Thank yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. It was just a couple of days after I saw you last. Yeah. But I appreciate you greatly for jumping on today, and I'm just excited to see what you guys do in the future. And yeah, I mean, there's just incredible stuff. You know, what do you predict with the market? It's Nobody's got pay. that crystal ball, but you know, yeah. it's it's a lot of weird things in place right now. So I'm hearing some things, just, you know, wait for the good deals,
1: you know, don't jump into anything. It's going to come down more. And then other people are investing like crazy and now's the best time, you know, so it's hard to say to me, I'm still investing. I'm just, you know, being picky, making sure everything's, I got fancy and, and uh, I think it's these times when people are fearing uh, is the best time to invest. So,
0: I couldn't agree more. I, I never liked the approach of, you know, like, wait, 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 wait for that time. It's like, I'm not a waiter anyway. <laughs> and I do believe there could be more beneficial things in the next six, eight, 12 months, but no need to wait till then. I mean, there's opportunities we can be in and out now we can, we can make money and, but just cherry pick, right. Just like you said, like really look for that, that proper one uh, that makes sense for you. So, well, Corey, I appreciate you, man. Is there anything that you want to leave to any of the listeners? Just yeah, keep investing and and look for those
1: opportunities and keep trucking on. Yeah, I love it. How can people get a hold of you? So email is probably the best. And cool. it's Cory C-O-R-Y at redlinebuilding, R-E-D-L-I-N-E building.ca.
0: Cool. Love it. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, man. Great content and got a bunch of notes. And, and it's just cool to hear more about your story and to see, you know, the growth and learning curves along the way and, and how other people can learn from it and be able to take action and even be able to reach out to you and, and partner up on some of you know your funds and some of your deals. Some some of those sound pretty damn attractive to me. Those numbers sound good. So I might be hitting you up after this. But with that being said, guys, by all means, make sure you reach out to Corey. He is an amazing individual. You're definitely going to want to connect more with him. And if you want to connect with me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments, otherwise Facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And then if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. What are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button to ready set go real estate investing podcast. You get the newest notification every single Monday. Leave that five star review afterwards. Greatly appreciate all of the love, feedback, and everything else. And if you are truly trying to get educated on credit, and you are a business owner looking to get up to $500,000 every six months at 0% interest, yes, that is right, 0% interest every six months and keep on doing it, be able to fund your goals and dreams, travel hack, fix credit, build it up to 800, score and more, then what you can do is go to creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. There's a quick 10-minute video on there to understand more of how we can best serve you. You can fill out a quick form so we can learn more about you. And then sit down with either myself or somebody on our team for Credit Council Elite to be able to go over your situation one-on-one and see how we can best serve you. So, uh, plus there's tons of content on there as well for creditcounselyelite.com. So we will see you guys on the next episode. Till next time, guys. Stay blessed. Corey, appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. See you.
1: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliotInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining